According to the National Center for Drug Abuse, over 165 million Americans ages 12 and up are currently abusing drugs or alcohol. Of those 165 million Americans, there is a mom, dad, sister, brother, wife, husband, son, daughter, or grandparent praying and pleading that they would stop. Addiction is a subject most people don't like to talk about and is kept behind closed doors. But the Finding Hope podcast will bring light to the subject and give families that are living in shame, guilt, hopelessness, fear, worry, and anger tools and education to find strength, peace, happiness, joy, and hope. Hello, I'm Amy LaRue, Finding Hope Coordinator for Hope is Alive Ministries and your host for this Finding Hope podcast. At Hope is Alive, our mission is to radically change the lives of drug addicts, alcoholics, and those who love them. We do this through our intentional next level sober living homes and faith-based support groups for the loved ones of addicts called Finding Hope. Before we start today, I want to let you know about two upcoming events hosted by our Finding Hope and Hope After Loss support groups. Our seventh annual sobriety sprint will happen on September 30th in Wichita, Kansas, Oklahoma City, Tulsa, and Weatherford, Oklahoma. During the sprint, we will remember, honor, and celebrate those who have lost their lives. We'll have our first one-mile walk and run, inflatables, food trucks, and more. Our other upcoming event is our Hope After Loss Retreat, October 13th through the 15th at Post Oak Lodge and Retreat in Tulsa, Oklahoma. The theme for this year is Beauty and Brokenness, based on Psalms 34, 17 through 18. When the righteous cry for help, the Lord hears and delivers them out of all their troubles. The Lord is near to the brokenhearted and saves the crushed in spirit. If you or someone you know has lost someone due to the impact of addiction, then you know the unique grief that goes alongside that. This retreat is a time to process the grief with others who get it. In the show notes, we will link both the sobriety sprint and hope after loss retreat so that you can go on to register or sponsor one of these amazing events. But today, I want to introduce to you my special guest, Ms. Tammy Posey. How are you today, Tammy? I'm great. Thank you for this opportunity. Absolutely. So I asked you to come on and then I started thinking back, when did we first meet? And so I think we met when we first started one of our Hope After Loss groups here in Oklahoma City. Yes, I think so. You're at the very first meeting. I was there with Mindy as, you know, just support as she began to launch this group, right? Yes. And then we, over the next few months, you know, we got to know each other, got to know each other better at last year's Hope After Lost Retreat. Yes, it was great. Yes. And so, um, so it's just continue to stay connected, um, support what you guys are doing, what you're doing, and we'll get into all of that, your story here in a little bit. So are you staying cool, though, in all this heat oh in Oklahoma? <laughs> yes, trying to, for sure. I mean, it's, we were just talking a little bit ago, just this weekend, we're both going to try to stay cool and inside and right. oh my, my goodness. So, um, so Tammy, go ahead and just tell our listeners a little bit about yourself. Okay. I'm a born and raised Oklahoman. Okay. Been here my whole life. I'm a believer and a wife and my husband is Bob. We've been married 40 years. Well, congratulations. Is that just this year, 40 uh, years? Yes. Okay. Well, December of last year. Okay. So, 
Um, I'm a mom to three great kids, a stepdaughter and two sons, and I'm a nana to three grands. How old uh, are they? So they are uh, 20, 18, and 16. So, okay. Yeah, the two oldest started college this fall. Oh, so, wow. Yeah, it's That's been good. Yeah, and I think I saw on social media, did you go help one of them move in? Yes, Albuquerque, oh my New Mexico God. State. So. How was that? It was a long drive and... I don't know, treacherous moving, but he mm. settled and started to school last Monday. So. Okay, well, that's great. I'm glad you got the chance and opportunity to be able to do that. I know, me too. It was a lot of fun. So, well, we know, like, we just talked a little bit about these two events coming up, right? The sobriety sprint as well as the hope after loss. And um, we know that these both hold a special place in your heart as well as another event that you'll probably talk about later on on this podcast. But before we get there, I just want you to kind of start from the beginning and kind of share with our listeners um, a little bit about how addiction has impacted your life. Okay. So addiction, man, um, I know your li- the listeners and you, we've all heard that addiction is such a family disease, mm-hmm. and that is absolutely so true. Um, addiction entered our family several years ago, and it stayed and hung around um, despite all of our endless prayers and efforts to um, overcome addiction. It stuck around. I'm going to stop you right there. So when you say all your efforts, what were some of those things that you tried? So um, I was an Al-Anon member Mm -hmm. for several years. It was um, setting boundaries, and it was detox and Mm -hmm. um, rehabs and jail and, you know, all the things that addicts go through Mm -hmm. happened in our family. Yeah. So it was just trying to overcome that um, stigma, and we kept it a secret for many years. And once Bob and I decided to tell our families, it was like a huge relief Mm -hmm. that we um, then had the love and support from people that loved us, Mm -hmm. and that was such a comforting thing that's really interesting. And we talked about this just a little bit ago before mm-hmm. we came in here to record this. And so many of us do get weighed, weighed down by the shame. Yes. And the guilt. And the, I should have done this, should have that. I'm not going to let anyone know. They're going to judge me as, for me as a wife, right? Right. They're not going to understand. They're going to think it's something I did. All, all these things. And you did that for a while. You kept it behind closed doors, it sounds like. Correct. But then you said once you let others know. Mm-hmm a weight was lifted. Right. And exactly. so, you know, and I always say, you're not going to shout it from the rooftop, right? It's no. with those, that discernment, who you're going to talk, asking for those prayers, asking for that support. Mm-hmm. Um, when you started to share in a sense, were people judging you? I would say in our family, no, mm-hmm. but, um, I did come across some judgment later through our process with addiction from, um, it was some work-related situations, Mm -hmm. and they just didn't understand. Yeah. No. Yeah, and they don't. And that's where it's like, okay, Mm -hmm. we have to find our group with people who understand. Yeah, you know, it's okay to tell your family, stop making those excuses why they're not at the holidays, Mm -hmm. right? And, you know, and it just, you don't no longer have to lie. 
right. and cover it up for your loved one, right? Right. And so, you know, you can be like, no, they're not here this time. And mm-hmm. you can even set a boundary. I don't want to talk about it. And they can, you know, read between the lines in a sense. And But it is like getting plugged into a support group like Al-Anon or like our Finding Hope groups with people who understand mm-hmm. and they won't judge you in that sense, right? Right. So, okay, continue on. Sorry. <laughs> okay, no, that's fine. Um, one of the things we identified um, when addiction uh, came into our family was we were all so very powerless, mm. whether it was our son that was the addict or Bob and I, it was just um, overwhelming. Um, you know, what do we do? Mm-hmm. So our youngest son, Ben, um, lost his battle with addiction on January 11th of 2017 at the young age of 28. Mm -hmm. So now, you know, it's been um, a few years since he passed away, and I no longer think about the chaos um, that we lived through. It was long, and it lasted years, but I don't really remember that anymore. The chaos of living in the addiction? Yes. Okay. Yes. Um, I've lost count of all the trips to detox and rehab, um, pretty much just a faded memory. Mm -hmm. Um, Ben fought hard, and he truly wanted to get and stay sober. Um, And in fact, he would get sober for several months at a time, but then out of nowhere, um, relapse would sneak in and um, without warning and, and just take over. Mm-hmm. So, um, you ask um, the impact of addiction on our family. It's been devastating and heartbreaking. Um, basically, Ben was addicted to drugs, and I was addicted to Ben. Oh, yeah. I, I see that all the time. Yeah. Can you describe what that means, though? Like, for you, how were you addicted to Ben? So, as a mom... Um, you know, you're to protect your kids mm-hmm. and save your kids from horrible things. And I couldn't do that. Mm-hmm. You know, I tried best efforts. Mm-hmm. And I was right there with, you know, the best of them. And um, the money, the time, the effort. I wouldn't change a thing for sure. But um, I was just as addicted to Ben as he was the drugs. Wow. You know, trying to fix him. Yeah, and how how did that make you feel, like, mentally, physically, all of those things? Exhausted. Mm-hmm. Emotionally spent. Yeah. You know, and um, it was just years, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Years. So I was able to be at a Hope After Loss meeting with you not too long ago, and you shared your your story and your journey and um, some things I didn't know, which, you know, so thank you for sharing that with that group and being vulnerable and transparent and with us here today. Sure. So would you mind, I didn't tell you that we were going to do this, okay. but <laughs> <laughs> just leading up, I remember you talking about that Christmas before. Mm-hmm. Will you, I don't know if that's in your notes that you no. made or no. if you would share a little bit about that um, sure. with our listeners today. It really impacted me. Okay. So, um, Ben did not come home for Christmas in 2015. And um, we, Bob and I see that now as maybe getting us prepared for what we mm-hmm. were going to face in 2017. 
But he did, um, and I guess I should back up. He was in rehab in Florida. and So that Christmas of 2015? Yes. Okay. And he decided to stay and work on his sobriety, which we definitely supported. Um, but it was different without him, mm-hmm. you know, at Christmas. So in 2016, he came home for Christmas, and we just had the best week mm. ever. Um, it was fun. It was Ben. It was the Ben we knew and raised. Mm. Um, he brought his um, girlfriend with him um, in 2016, brought her home, and it was just um, very heartwarming to see his um, I don't know, drive for life was mm. back and he was, so he was sober and clean. Still. Yes. Awesome. Yes. And he was talking about his future and they were planning on moving back to Oklahoma in that spring. And it was just such a relief. Like Bob and I both were, um, I oh, got it this time, mm. you know, this time he's got it. And so, um, that the morning that they flew back to Florida, um, is the last time I saw Ben alive and we were outside the Oklahoma city airport and, oh my gosh, I'm going to probably tear up, but I hugged him and I remember it was kind of an extra long hug mm-hmm. and, um, let me back up. The, the night before, I had asked Ben, don't go back, just stay here. And he was like, Mom, I've started over too many times. Mm. I've lost it all, you know, many times and had to start over. And I'm not doing that. We have a car. We have a an apartment with our own furniture. We have a dog. I'm not starting over. I'm mm. going to go back and we're going to get our tax returns and move back to Oklahoma in March. And so back to the morning, he's he's going to fly out. And I remember standing there hugging him, thinking, I'm so proud of him. Mm. He's worked so hard. He has a future. And it had been a long time since we had heard him talk about his future. Yeah. And it was just so promising and heartwarming. And uh, we left him there at the airport, and they flew back to Florida. And then um, he was deceased on January 11th. Wow. So we don't really know what happened, um, what caused the relapse, but um, it was just too much for his body to handle. Yeah. And um, that morning we left him at the airport. I went home, and, and it was early morning, and I just crawled into bed and covered up and slept really good and long. And I think the good Lord was preparing me for the next few yeah. weeks. You know? And then you got that time, that special mm-hmm. time. And you had said at the meeting, you and Ben had stayed up. Yes. Just the two of you having those yes. conversations. And yes. what a special time and mm-hmm. a special memory to hold on to. Right. You right. know, that God gave you that time together. Mm-hmm. So, yes, I definitely cherish that. That's awesome. Well, thank you for sharing that with us. Sure. And so you, you know, you've been on this healing journey now for, mm-hmm. what was it, about five, six years now? Six years. Six yeah. years. Okay. And so what would you tell someone who has lost a loved one due to the impact of addiction? 
I think the very first thing I would say is find a support group. Mm. You don't have to do it alone. And when Ben passed away, I um, went back to Al-Anon because that was the only place I knew to go. Mm -hmm. And I never really felt like I fit in Mm. because the chaos was kind of over, you know. Um, And so finding hope. And I'm excuse me. Hope after loss has been so special to me. Yeah, I feel like oh, I found my place now. Yeah. So, um, but definitely find a support group. Um, just be cognizant that grief has no timeline. You have to be patient with yourself and others um, because recovery is very slow. Um, I think another thing I would. Um, recommend is um, lean on God Mm. and believe he does not make mistakes. So the morning that Ben passed away, his sponsor called me Mm -hmm. and, you know, said, Tammy, you'll never know why and why now and why not some other time in the past? And and, uh, when things were so promising, why, why did this happen now? And his sponsor said, just remember, God does not make mistakes. And I think about that still every day. Mm-hmm. Was that a hard one to grasp at first, though? Um, yes. Mm-hmm. You know, I, you know, Ben um, overdosed in his apartment, and we were just as bad as death is. We were um, grateful that. It wasn't in a car wreck where he hurt other people or, Mm. you know, it was just, um, there were some things in our favor in the way he passed away. So So you were able to see kind of God in that? Yes. Okay. Yes. I really feel like God rescued Ben. Mm. So. Wow. That's a very brave thing to say. Thank you for sharing that. Sure. Thank you. Um. I think it's good to remember that God is full of compassion and mercy and will be there for us in our time of despair and need. Mm. Um, I think another item I would tell somebody is hold on to hope. I think hope can heal hearts and give you courage. And I have a, a friend that is kind of in a similar situation with the death of a son. And she told me um, just about the last year, within the last year, she said, um, just remember Ben is always close. And um, she said, you know, they're only a breath away. Mm, Wow, that's powerful. Yeah, so I hang on to that. Well, and I think some of those things you're talking about also applies to the ones that are still in active addiction. Yes. As well. So our listeners that are here learning more about tools for finding hope, the same thing, the grief that, I mean, it's a different grief and, you know, getting that support group, leaning on God, Mm -hmm. you know, and that hope. And so I think there's a lot, not even everyone needs to listen and hear those. So, um, thank you so much for sharing that. So, through all this, I've learned a lot with grief as I've, you know, I haven't personally been in your guys' shoes. And so I've just been watching and listening and learning so much from 
you beautiful ladies and um, men that are a part of our Hope After Loss. It's not just ladies there. There's men there too. And what I've learned is that there's a lot that people wish others knew about grief, right? Mm -hmm. And I've heard it before, like, okay, once the funeral happens, no one checks in or it it just goes silent, right? Mm -hmm. So will you just share with our listeners that um, what you wish others knew about grief and how to support someone that's going through it. Okay. Um, I think it's important to remember that there's no timeline. And I know I've mentioned that Mm -hmm. before, but um, there's no getting over it. There's no moving on. Um, Our hearts will heal, but that scar lasts a lifetime. Mm -hmm. So, you know, when the funeral's over and, you know, people are going back to work and back into their normal routine, whatever normal may be now, please check on them. Um, talk about their loved one that's now gone. Um, you know, I had someone tell me one time, what a wasted life. And... And they've told me that more than once. Mm -hmm. And I know their intention was, it was a short life, you know. Mm -hmm. But in my opinion, it was not wasted Mm -hmm. by any means. It might be, you know, a wasted future, but it was not a wasted life. Being loved every minute. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, just be thoughtful of the person. Invite them maybe for a coffee or out to lunch but have absolutely no expectations because mm-hmm. they may accept, but then back out at the last minute just because they can't do it. Yeah. So patience, mm-hmm. grace, I think all those attributes are good to um, share with your friends or family members that are facing this type of grief. Yeah. And I've shared with a lot of people about mm-hmm. what you just said about ask them about their loved one. Yeah. They want to talk. They want they love you guys love I mean I'm I'm if I'm saying the wrong thing correct me but and it's it's fun to hear you guys share the stories you know yeah. like our, our retreat we usually have an opportunity to t- share a funny story and just mm-hmm. hearing them and you know almost they're more than this disease right you know you know they got the disease trapped them but you get to remember the amazing memories, the, you know, the memory, the funny memories and all of that. So, you know, I'm very, I try to do that now, even whether it's an overdose or not an overdose or the impact of it, you know, like mm-hmm. I try to, cause you know, we want to remember and, um, them as well. So, um, here's a, a question that okay. I know some of our listeners, it, you know, this might be triggering to some people, right. And okay. whether, no matter what side they're on, and so I know our most of our biggest fear when we love someone with a substance use is death, right? Or overdose. Uh-huh. We know that it happens. And so what would you tell someone who is living in that fear? Their loved one's still alive. They might be in active addiction or they might be in recovery. But that fear, even with my husband, I always have that in the back of my head a little bit, right? Mm-hmm. Right. And, um... A hard, it's hard for me sometimes even at the hope after lost retreats I'm sitting back there and like the enemy starts to attack me mm-hmm. and so what would you tell them 
I think it's important to remember as long as your addict is breathing, there's hope. Mm. So um, I think education is important. So, you know, find a support group and educate yourself on boundaries and expectations and codependency and I would also say fear and faith cannot coexist Mm. so lean into your faith and believe and just know God is constantly working behind the scenes wow and I think the last thing, which is was extremely hard for me, is let go and let God, because he will help release the worry. Yeah. And, you know, that's so true. Like, the fear and faith, they can't be in the same place. No. Because no. what's going to take over? The fear. Fear, Right? Course, and, right. you know, when that fear starts, that's when get on our knees, give it to God, let right. go, like you were just saying, and let God... And we actually had Dylan, uh, someone on our podcast, Dylan, he's in our program and he was on our podcast and I asked him a similar question and he said the exact same thing. As long as there's breath, there is hope, mm-hmm. you know, and he's in recovery himself. And so I think that's, that's a, it's hard to think about that, right? especially when you see them. But I see people every day that in addiction for 40 years, why, you know, we'll never understand why some people will are in addiction for 40 years, some are in a year, you know, mm-hmm. and, but that's not ours to figure out. Right. You know, that's giving it to God, trusting him. And like you said earlier, so, um, so how do you get to honor Ben now? Okay. Can I, Oh, oh yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah. One more thing. <laughs> I'm sorry. So I just want to mention that if, um, death does occur, mm. the hope after loss motto is, um, you're not alone. It's not your fault, and there is hope. So hang on to those three things. And get to that support group. And get to the support group. That's right. Now I'm going to ask you a question about that. What if someone is struggling and doesn't want to go into that support group? They don't want to open up their feelings or feel again, or they just don't think they, they can. They're maybe in that great state of depression. What, how would you encourage them? I think if you can get the strength to walk through the doors and go to the support group, the Hope After Loss group, you will find a group of caring people that know exactly how you feel. Yeah. You don't have to say a word, Mm-mm. but just be and just be there where you can hear um, the stories of hope and faith and um, you'll hear laughter mm-hmm. and it's just I would think as a new person facing this kind of grief it would provide some comfort even if you don't share yeah. you can just be there that's good and what did Denise say at the retreat last year get up do you remember? Um, yes. Um, get up, dress up, show up. Yeah. I think. Yeah. It. Yes. Yeah. Just 
Yeah. Those three things. Yeah. And I've heard others within, within hope after loss, I've seen people actually post it on social media, yeah. you know, on the hard days. Sometimes you just have to get up, dress up and show up. Yeah. Right. And I think just, um, the absorption of the message you hear is comforting. So. Yeah. Well, and I even say, even at Finding Hope, I don't know what was said the first six to nine months, mm-hmm. but I was there with people. Yeah. And that's what gave me comfort right. and hope. Right. You know? And so, you know, and you've been on this journey. So it doesn't matter if it's been six months, five years, 10 right. years, right? Right. Yeah. So, okay. I tried to skip ahead, but I'm so glad you stopped me because okay. I think that's so important. But how do you get to honor Ben these days now? So um, in Ben's death, we've learned a lot about him that we didn't really know. And one of those things is he had a special place in his heart for the homeless. Mm. So he owed a sober living facility some back rent, and he worked hard and saved the money, and he went to pay them. And they said, you know, we're just going to write it off. Go ahead and keep it. Um, just work hard on your sobriety. And um, he took that money and donated it to a homeless shelter. So now that's kind of a passion for Bob and I. And um, Ben's birthday is in November. So we prepare these backpacks full of necessities for the homeless and actually go and deliver those. That is so, so special. Yeah, we call those uh, Ben's blessing bags, and I, I include a little note about his story, and yeah, it's pretty special. Yeah, what a great way. And um, so that's one of the things we mm-hmm. do. Um, we've also participated in the sobriety sprint mm-hmm. with um, Hope is Alive, and um, have submitted his photograph to be honored. So we participate in that. Um, We've done it every year, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, might not have been right after he passed away, but for sure the last three or four years. Um, and then we also, um, I um, coordinate with Denise Roberts, mm-hmm. and we are putting on our third annual International Overdose Awareness Day event. Mm-hmm. It's a public event here in Oklahoma City on August 31st, and... 7 p.m., Scissortail Park. We have some great speakers lined up. And then once they're finished, we have a memorial walk to the Skydance Bridge. And um, we honor our boys. Yeah, and uh, you don't, that, so. and it's not just, you don't have to have lost someone to come. No, right. We want to bring not. the awareness, right? Right. But it is a great way to honor. And last yes. year, it was so cool watching everyone carrying those posters. Yeah. You know, it was very moving for me, you know. And just as I watch them, and it's same with at the sobriety sprint, when I go by those signs, I just pray for those families. Yeah. You know, it's just give them support, give them, you know, comfort. Mm-hmm. Um, no matter, because, you know, we don't know what, where they are on this journey and just always being able to have the opportunity to pray and just to be able to honor and remember oh, that's great their lives thank you um this um overdose awareness event um is really to bring awareness to the addiction mm-hmm. and the epidemic that's facing our country um help reduce the stigma mm. uh, remember those that have lost their lives and also um, recognize those family members and friends that are left here to grieve. 
Yeah. So. It's, it's a wonderful event that you guys yeah. have done. And I know I'm sitting here, you brought Ben's picture and looking at <laughs> it. And I know he, like he's smiling right there. And I know he smiles at mm-hmm. you when you do yeah. all these amazing things and leading these groups, um, putting these events on, handing out those backpacks. And so I know he'd be very proud of you. So I was like, we were just talking about um, one way, you know, someone that has, you know, working with a family or knows someone that has lost is talking about them. So I, like I said, at the Hope After Loss Retreat, um, we talk about this, um, a share a fun memory. So I thought since school just started, my kids just started back to school, everyone's kids are starting back to school. Do you have any fun memories from Ben when he was in school? Yes, I do. And actually it was the first day of first grade. And my son's in first grade right now. Okay. So I, I, I can just picture, okay, little Ben, first day of first grade. Yep. So it's um, morning activities, lunch break, lunch recess. And after they're back in the classroom, the teacher asks, anyone have any questions? Well, Ben was the only one with a question, raised his hand and waited to be called on. And his question was, is it time to go home yet? (laughs) (laughs) I'm done. I had lunch. I'm done. I want to go home. That's right. So Bob and I laugh about that and said that should have told us for sure what uh, school was going to be like for him. (laughs) Yeah, he was ready to go home. He was. He was tired. I had lunch. I had some recess. I'm done. It's time. I'm done, right? That's right. (laughs) So um, anything else you want to share about been or this journey you've been on or any um I think I would just stress um find a support group um where you feel like you fit in and um you know you don't have to handle your grief all by yourself Mm. it's um, comforting to share um your grief and if you're considering attending the hope after loss retreat please go. I mean, last year was the first year I attended and Ben had been gone over five years and I was thinking, I don't need that. You need it. It was so beneficial to me Mm. in my grief uh, journey. And I also think I was able to, in our small groups, add a different perspective because I had been, you know, in this five years But, um, you know, if you have the opportunity to attend, I really encourage you to do so. It was um, a great retreat and um, definitely worth the time and effort. Yeah. Well, thank you for that. And this year, I'm going to put a plug. You're doing a breakout session. session. So you'll be there so they can meet you. And we had people there last year. I'm glad you made a plug for that. Um, That five years, six years, we had someone 59 days that just lost. But they showed up. Right. right. They were right. with people. And, you know, we had moms, dads. We even had a brother, brother. that attended. In our first year, we even had a spouse attend. Mm-hmm. So just anyone that has lost someone to the impact that just needs some healing, work on grief, and to connect in with people who understand. Right. This, you know, that Ben, smiling right there, it's, he's more than this disease. Mm-hmm. So. I agree. 
So I like to end with a challenge and you've given lots of things for people. And so I was listening and um, one thing you kept stressing is support groups. So if you're listening and you haven't got plugged into a support group, do it. Go online. We have support groups, Zoom support groups for Hope After Loss in person. We're actually about to kick off a meeting in North Carolina, Cape Carter, Hope After Loss. And I've been talking to someone in Colorado. So we are getting some new Hope After Loss, but we also offer it on Zoom. But as well as finding hope, if you have someone um, that is still struggling or maybe they're in recovery, but you're still struggling, um, get to one of those groups, look online. And um, she said... Find a support group, set those boundaries, and step out of that cycle of codependency. She also challenged us not to live in the fear, but in the faith. So if you're living in the fear today, I want to challenge you, write down those fears and give them to God and step into that faith. So thank you guys so much for joining us this week. And you can learn more about Finding Hope or Hope After Loss at findinghope.today and hopeafterloss.today. And don't forget to register or sponsor our sobriety sprint or Hope After Loss Retreat. But before you go, I would love for you to give us a five-star review, share this on social media, and subscribe to this podcast so you don't miss our next hope-filled episode. Thanks again for joining me, Amy LaRue, and our special guest, Miss Tammy, in this episode of Finding Hope. And remember, you are not alone. It's not your fault. And there is hope. This episode of the Finding Hope podcast was brought to you by Hope is Alive Ministries. To learn more about Hope is Alive, visit our website at hopeisalive.net. If you are in need of immediate assistance, don't wait. Call us now at one 844 Three Hope Now. That's one eight four four three Hope Now. To find out more about Finding Hope and how you can get involved in a meeting close to you, visit FindingHope.today.